LeBron's all-time greatest year 19 was statistically deeply flawed. Here we go. This is the Skip Bayless Show. On this episode of the podcast, I'll be reading and responding to your questions. If you'd like to have a question featured, remember to tweet at Skip Bayless Show on Twitter or leave your question with a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Feel free to ask me whatever you want about what goes on behind the scenes at Undisputed, my personal life, or anything in the world of sports. My answers will always be candid, be honest, and be unfiltered. Let us try David from Nashville. What makes you think the Cowboys won't start the season 0-6? I I don't have them winning a game until they play the Lions. Okay, David, I will give you that games 1 and 2 and games 5 and 6 will not be easy. One and two, Brady at Dallas, Joe Burrow at Dallas, not easy. Game five at Rams, game six at Eagles, not easy. But I will not be shocked if my Cowboys manage to win two of those four games. But the two middle games, at Giants and Washington at home, are you kidding me? David from Nashville. I will bet you 10 cases of Diet Mountain Dew that the Cowboys win both of those games at Giants, Washington at home. They swept both those teams last year and they will sweep them again this year, which frankly is not saying very much. And another question from you, from the audience, from Dennis from Argentina. What would you sing at karaoke night? Asked Dennis from Argentina. Love it that we have somebody watching, listening in Argentina. Okay, Dennis, this is for you. You might or might not know my all-time favorite song. To me, the most beautiful song ever written and ever sung a song that just echoes with rising passion. It's called Unchained Melody. And it was recorded by the blue-eyed soul duo known as the Righteous Brothers. Bobby Hatfield's vocal on Unchained Melody is ethereal. I've tried to sing it along with Bobby Hatfield 10,000 times in the car, in the shower. And when I'm the only one listening, I think it's pretty great the way I sing Unchained Melody. But the truth is, I sing worse than Westbrook shoots. And if I actually tried to karaoke Unchained Melody, 
it would be an epic fail on the order of LeBron in games four, five, and six of the 2011 NBA Finals. It would be a nightmare. But I can dream. Dion from Fort Lauderdale who asks, is LeBron defeating Father Time just like you think Tom Brady is? Uh, Dion, the answer to that is a big N-O. I will give you that LeBron James had the greatest year 19 last season of any NBA player ever, but that's in large part because not many have lasted or wanted to last as long as LeBron has. I admire his fitness dedication. I admire his commitment to nutrition and warrior workouts. Yet, remember, LeBron is seven years and five months younger than Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr. And I do realize it's virtually impossible to compare playing NBA basketball to playing quarterback in the NFL, but LeBron's all-time greatest year 19 was statistically deeply flawed. Yep. 30 a game, eight rebounds a game, six assists a game, down from 10.2 two years ago when he led the league in assists. But that 38 and 6 camouflaged crucial chinks in LeBron's armor. And he's got some body armor on that body of his. But crucial chinks were exposed statistically that Brady had none of last season as he was 44 years of age. So, what did we see from LeBron in a nutshell? LeBron last season ranked 15th in the NBA in three-point attempts. That's a lot. He finished 93rd in three-point shooting by percentage. 93rd in the league. Okay, let's try to compute. 15th most attempts, but 93rd in percentage. That's way too many three-point misses. That's team-crushing as was what happened at the free throw line. LeBron also finished 15th in the NBA in free throw attempts. Yet in free throw shooting, percentage-wise, he ranked 86th in the league. LeBron, you left way too many points on the table for your team's sake. 15th in attempts from the free throw line, 86th in free throw percentage. Does not compute. And last year, by my calculation, and I watched every single dribble of every game that LeBron played, he had 15 chances, late and close, to close games. No closer gene does LeBron have, because I saw him fail 15 times to close games that should have been won. A fairly significant reason why LeBron's Lakers, even though he played only 55 games, finished 33 and 49 and missed the play-in tournament. Not just the playoffs, they missed the play-in tournament. Last season, Pro Football Focus 
rated Tom Brady as the best quarterback in the NFL. No chinks in that armor. The best, number one in the NFL, ahead of the MVP, Aaron Rodgers, by Pro Football Focus's grading scale. Last season, Tom Brady tied his career high with five game-winning drives. Talk about closing. That's the closer, the ultimate closer. Only a blitz bust in a broken coverage cost Brady's team that playoff game against the eventual Super Bowl champion Los Angeles Rams. In that game, Tom Brady scored 24 unanswered points to tie the score at 27 all. And then came the bust, and then came Matt Stafford to Cooper Cup, and then came the field goal that beat them. I'm sorry, Dion. In the end, LeBron is beating Father Time down at one level, while Tom Brady, as he now is about to turn 45 on August 3rd, is defeating Father Time at a much higher level. But thanks for the question and the attempt. And here we go again. Harry, back to my home state, Norman, Oklahoma, asked me a really tough question. Who makes up your Dallas Cowboys Mount Rushmore? I must admit, I have lost sleep over this, and I'm still not sure about this. I'm just too close to it. I'm too much of a lifelong diehard. So I argue myself to death. I'm undefeated as a debater, but I can defeat myself. So the first on my Cowboy Rushmore is easy. It's Roger Staubach, the greatest Cowboy quarterback ever, my favorite player ever, somebody I got to know very well. And number two is pretty much a no-brainer for me because I believe Michael Irvin was the greatest receiver ever just on pure clutchness, on leadership, on fire, desire. No-brainer for me, but now it starts to get dicey at three and four. I decided, as I mentioned earlier, I'm going to go with Charles Haley at number three. I know he was a 49er for a long time, and he was a great one, but the, the Dallas Cowboys don't win those first two Jimmy Jerry Super Bowls, 92-93, without Charles Haley. They just don't. He was the closest thing to Lawrence Taylor I have ever seen, and he was very close. He was banged up for the third Super Bowl, but he still played and played very well. So that whole dynastic run was detonated by Jerry's acquisition of Charles Haley, so he's up there for me. Now we get to the fourth and final slot. And I am extremely conflicted. If we're just going on pure talent, pure aura, pure Hall of Fameness, pure all-time greatness, it's Dion. But, but Dion came late to Dallas, obviously. He helped the 49ers beat the Cowboys in 94. Then Jerry signed him and he came over to Dallas. 
and he was the reason the Cowboys went back over the top over the 49ers and the rest of the field to win the 95 season Super Bowl. And he's just by far the greatest corner ever, and I love Darrell Rivas, but it ain't close. But, but after the 95 Super Bowl, Dion got banged up and he sort of faded away. And it's just, I don't know, it just doesn't feel right for him to be on the Cowboy Mount Rushmore. Okay, so from there on, my other choices are I'm going to bang them off. Obviously, Emmett Smith, Troy Aikman, and then I'll go back a ways, Randy White and Bob Lilly, Leroy Jordan, big fan of his, Cornerstone, Stalwart. Don Meredith was, was all-time great for those bad getting better teams through the 60s. Drew Pearson made the greatest clutch catches, single catches, famous catches in Cowboy history. Larry Allen was the greatest Cowboy offensive lineman. And, of course, Tony Dorsett. If you make me choose for one game, Emmett Smith or Tony Dorsett, I'm going Dorsett every single time. Much more electrifying, much more dangerous in the open field, and could run hard between the tackles. Underrated as a between-the-tackles the ball pounder. Tony Dorsett at 190-ish pounds. But in the end, I got to go, Emmett. I got to go. We never got along that great, but I got to go Emmett, my fourth slot, Mount Rushmore, even though he did get the duck and dart behind the greatest offensive line I have ever seen. And even though I would take Dorsett in a one-game situation, Emmett is the all-time leading rusher. And after... Jerry made him sweat for that deal in 93, and he missed the first two games. He did come back and win MVP and then MVP of the Super Bowl. I got to give it to Emmett. So I'll go Roger Staubach, Michael Irvin, Charles Haley, and Emmett Smith. And by tomorrow morning, I might just change my mind. Here we go.